0: Uh, growing your credibility, your authority, etc, etc. And so if you are listening to this right now, and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur, and you have a budget
1: Hey, this is V-Band, author of Success Is In Your Sphere. Hey,
2: this is Murray Hittery, the composer
3: and creator of Mind Travel. This is Michael Coles. I'm the author of Time To Get Tough, How Cookies, Coffee, and a Crash Led to Success
1: in Business and Life. And if you want a shortcut to success... And if you want to learn how to become a professional when it comes to managing relationships... And if you want to learn how to build professional connections, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. You need to tune in to Travis Chapel. You should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Today is another mashup episode where we are going to be Featuring a few people who have made some impressive exits, people who have exited their businesses for a good amount of money. We're talking in the nine-figure range, uh, which is really the goal as an entrepreneur. If there's no exit strategy for you, then what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, you may as well just go work a job because uh, if you're an entrepreneur with no exit strategy, you basically own your own job that's just way more stressful where you have to take on way more risk and have way more responsibility. So uh, exit is kind of... is. Is kind of the plan. It's the goal. It's the dream. And so these people have all done that successfully. So today we're featuring Zvi Band, who sold his company Contactually, which is a CRM for real estate agents, to Compass Real Estate, which is one of the top brokerages in the country. Um, and then we have Murray Haddari. Murray's got such a cool story because of his passion aligning with his projects. And I really enjoy. I really enjoyed our conversation uh, that we had because. It was uh, initially it was just kind of a conversation that was just another booking on my calendar. And I was looking at it and uh, and the thing that he's up to right now, which is this he plays he plays beautiful classical music. And and basically you'll set up a piano on the beach and give everybody headphones and you can just kind of walk out in uh, the beach at Santa Monica Pier with headphones on listening to a live concert that Murray is playing on the sand and uh, just kind of have this bi- this just really relaxing meditative experience of this concert and open nature, which was really cool, which is why I had him on the show to begin with. But then I started digging in a little bit more and figured out that he had multiple nine figure exits in his past in the tech world, which allowed him to be able to start the business that he has right now, which is something that fuels the passion that he has in life. And I thought that was such a cool journey. And then we have Michael Coles, who was the CEO of Caribou Coffee, as well as the Great American Cookie Company, and a very, very successful CEO, somebody who saw opportunity where maybe other people did not see opportunity, and he was able to uh, turn those companies into multiple nine figures for himself and for the people that were invested in them. So I know you're going to really enjoy some of these conversations with uh, Zvi and with Murray and with Michael. But first, really quickly, if you are listening to this right now and you're an entrepreneur and you think that you could benefit from starting a podcast then head over to travischappell.com slash make my podcast. There's a quick application there. And then we'll jump on a phone call to see if my agency would be a good fit to build out a show for you. This is for people who already have existing businesses. You're doing six figures, maybe seven figures. And you know that a podcast could help you reach more people or solidify yourself as an authority in your space or whatever the case may be, but you just don't really know how to get it started. You don't have the time or the team or resources to dedicate to figure it all out. Then just head over to travischappell.com slash make my podcast, fill out that application. And let's see if we'd be a good fit to build out that show for you. That way you can focus on the things That you're good at, and we can focus on the things that we're good at and have a win win situation there. So, slash make my podcast. Now, enjoy making an impressive exit with V Band, Murray, Hideri, and Michael Coles.
1: You know, anyone can build anything, like you could right now, like go on Upwork.com, right? You know, which is a you know, um, you know, just the Freelance. marketplace of freelancer or Indeeds or others. Um, and basically say, "Hey, I want an iPhone application that does like A, B, and C, yeah. right?" Um, that's not really like that's that's not that hard per se. It'll be costly and things like that. The really hard thing is building something that people will actually want. Yeah, right. That's really hard. And building it in qual- building it with quality. Um, and so that's why, you know, yeah, we have an amazing, amazing engineering team here. And they, they, they're not just taking orders, but they're thinking about how do I build really great quality software. Our product managers and designers and researchers, they're all thinking about it. So, you know, I, I would say it's a pretty straightforward process. You know, if, you, if, you haven't, uh, if you're not familiar with, like, kind of the Lean Startup methodology, mm, yeah. that's obviously a, a great place to start. Um, but I would say like you know the the framework that you should have in your mind is that like, hey, if you have an idea, if you want that product to exist, period, okay, you can just hire someone to go build it, yeah. but really more like you know, especially if you 're trying to build a business around it, um, the fundamental thing that you need to do is try and determine like if this is the right product to build, and so that 's really where this kind of methodology comes around of all right, you know, I have an idea. Let me talk to people who I think would benefit from this idea and not necessarily talk to them about my idea, but talk to them about the problem that I see in the market. Do they agree with the problem? Then maybe pitch them my idea and say, hey, do you think this would solve the problem? Then you can move to wireframes. You could sign up for things like Balsamic or others. Um, you know, and say, "All right, cool. Well, this is how you could interact with it. Do you understand how to use it?" You know, put literally put a pr- paper prototype, like print out your wireframes, put it in front of people, and say, "All right, can you show me how you would log in? Can you show me how you would send a message?" To this, and if they can't, like literally click on it, you know, on paper, then how? What makes you think that they'd be able to use it once you actually built it out? So it's things like that. It's getting through that process of wireframes and designs and. Beta products than the real product, um, and so you know, we've been running actually in you know now and to come to seven and a half years, and we still follow that process where our PMs are always still trying to understand you know yeah we have a, they have a lot of good intuition but they're always checking themselves yeah. so that's why like if you have an idea your best thing to go is see like if other people have the idea and it's magical because you'll watch your idea morph the idea that contact was initially was god awful terrible compared to the idea that or the product that you actually see today.
2: There's a really important distinction that's available to all of us right now in in this moment in this conversation we're having because it's not like it's a binary choice right of you know what I'm just going to do something that makes money and uh, it's totally divorced and separate from my passion let's remember what underlies a passion right there is something very powerful that usually underlies someone's passion and that is their important core beliefs that lie under that that drives their passion okay so for me i was very clear about what that was for me it's about connection developing deep connection
0: and if you can this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
2: Then take the causation of your passion, right? And realize where it's coming from. You can channel that same value, that same core value you have into another pursuit. So if you look at what my companies all did in the tech world, all of them, all of them were about creating connection for people, whether mm. it's helping someone find a job. That's a pretty important thing to help someone with, don't you think? Or yeah, sure, if it's, you know, in, in the fintech area, it was connecting industry experts with financial experts. That's pretty important for those guys. Mm. Um, so it doesn't, have, it doesn't have to have anything to do with what you're quote unquote passionate about if you're still aligned with your core value, what drives you ultimately as a human being on this earth. Hmm. And because I was still waking up every day, forging connection, it didn't have to be through music. It it could be through anything. And so now once I was able to then actually create connection through music, okay, that's just a whole, you know, that was a whole other level. But I felt on point, on purpose, waking up every day and driven, not by the money, Yes, that was a nice side effect, but that wouldn't have sustained me over all those years. Sure. So it had to be something else. So I would I would advise anyone to say, look, yes, you can you can find another area and you can really channel it in almost anything. You know, whether you, okay, you want to be a lawyer. Well, find a way to do that that's consistent with your values, mm-hmm. right? There's different ways of being a lawyer. There's different ways of being uh, an investment banker. You don't have to pick something that, you know, seems on the surface to be clearly passionate, quote unquote, right? Hmm. You can find passion in any pursuit. You want to be a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad. You want to be a parent, whatever. You can find ways to express passion in any pursuit. It has to be aligned and you have to be aware of your core values. That's really where it's got to start, I think.
3: All through my career, starting at 13, I would say working for Irving at Dorwins, I never had the opportunity to work with a brand that i would call a brand religion even though it wasn't the biggest it was and you know I, I can compare it not in the same size but you know apple computer harley davidson these are companies that went through tremendous trials yeah i mean companies that almost went out of business both of them almost went out of business and what kept them was the loyalty of their customers their mm. customers were like evangelists if you were driving a Honda and your friend had a Harley, they would come down on you. You what yeah. are you doing? You gotta drive an American, you gotta drive a Harley. Yeah. And the same thing, people who had PCs, if they were had a friend that had an Apple computer, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, Caribou was like that. When I did that, I started out as a consultant doing this project, and what happened was during the course of doing this project, I realized that almost all the stores I went to. I would see someone wearing a caribou baseball cap or carrying a uh, or wearing a caribou T-shirt. And I thought to myself, then and now, I have never seen anyone wearing a Starbucks baseball cap or a Starbucks T-shirt. I'm not saying they don't have mugs, but that makes sense. Sure. And I thought to myself, if they're willing to wear that name, this is a company that I can turn around. This is a company we can make into Hmm. a great company. And so it was the excitement of working with a brand where the base of customers were like, they were hungry for Caribou to be more successful.
0: Yeah, right. Get
3: me a Caribou in my town. I mean, yeah, I would yeah. hear that over and over again. You know, I loved Caribou. I'd get it in the airport all the time. I wish there was one here. I wish there was one there. Yeah. And then the other opportunity, of course, came the brand was so strong. I knew that we could, they didn't have a commercial sales division, you know, big box retailers, grocery stores. I, you know, I went off off on a limb and knew that that grocery stores and people in towns who had had caribou in an airport, but maybe didn't have a caribou in Tucson, but they could buy it at the grocery store. I knew we could build that business. We built a big online presence as well. And then we did a number of strategic licensing. We did ice cream. We did a breakfast bar. We did a number of projects like that. All of it was to broaden the reach of the brand.
0: How do you start making decisions like that as you come in as the CEO? Like when you're looking in, you're, you obviously were looking at this company with a pair of opportunity glasses on, right? Like you were looking to see where can I make this better? What can I do? How do you start prioritizing the action list there? Or is it like a shotgun? Like let's blast all of these, see which one works a little bit and then focus in on that. Like what's the strategy? It
3: was, yeah, it was not a shotgun. I came into the company. I screwed up my first day there. So it took me a while to get the team on board because this is the first time I was working in any business where people were not coming there because of my vision. I was now coming into a company that already had their own vision. I would say they were being held back by the fact they were a really good company. Hmm. They were not great. And the good was keeping them from being great. And so I came in, with a whole plan of how we were going to build this business, and the people who loved the brand that were there, they got all excited. You know, within a month of what we could do, a lot of them were scared. Our CFO, you know, thought I was, you know, completely off the wall. As an example, we were selling in the food industry. When you're in the grocery business, you talk about how many stores you're in by doors. Hmm. Okay, how many doors you're in? Yeah. And so when I got there, we were in eight doors. Okay. eight not like 88 and it was all in Minneapolis and we were roasting coffee in five different locations and then start consolidating and shipping out of one it was a ridiculous system I said the only way we're going to really be able to go off the grocery store business is we need to put everything in one plant and again these people <laughs> looked at me like I was nuts <laughs> so we built we did a build to suit which was a I think somewhere between 11 and 14 million dollar project over a hundred thousand square foot building we built before we had any more business than what we had. And I remember sitting in the office the day we were signing the contract and our CFO looked at me, this guy George, and he said, you know, if you don't get this company really moving, this is going to be the biggest mistake we've ever made. And I looked at him and I said, George, if we don't get this company where it needs to go, this is the least of our problems. <laughs> yeah. and, and so I hired a guy from Coca-Cola, a guy named Henry Stein. There was no way to justify his salary, you know, to bring him in, but he was the right guy. I knew he was tenacious and he would go call on all the right customers. And in five years time, we went from eight doors to 22,000 doors. Wow, you know that's so incredible so it was a big risk but we had to do it or we were a, we weren't going to get it money.
0: well that's it for today's show if you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade then consider partnering with my BYn inner circle mastermind there are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group there's dozens of video lessons on networking there's monthly calls there's accountability crews and more all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. See you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.